Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Miles, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you this morning? As, as it's morning. Prob- as many of you probably guessed, we are not normally people who record this show in the early hours, but um, that's what we're doing. So <laughs> you're going to get me on half a cup of coffee... And we'll see what happens. It's an adventure. <laughs> um, what are we talking about today so early in the morning? Uh, we are talking about, we are circling back to talk about season eight of Grandchester in its entirety. When we did our first episode on it, I believe we only did the premiere. We did. And now there are a bunch more episodes for us to talk about. And the news that we'll be changing Vickers next season. Which I which I feel like I would feel better about if Tom Brittany had gotten Superman, but he didn't, so boo. Um yeah, but um there's also a basically from what I understand from the people who I gossip with, that Brittany uh basically has put himself up for superhero roles in general. Oh, interesting. So uh there there's also apparent apparently he's also been um uh talking to marvel though i don't know if he's actually gotten auditions or not so um you know you- i mean i've been i've been quietly fan casting him as scott summers for a long time because i feel like the x-men movies we have seen in the past really did cyclops dirty so yeah um so we'll see um this this is his chance to follow in james norton and dan stevens footsteps of doing the you know three seasons and out well i guess at this point three and a half seasons and out um and then trying to break into the the big time um i mean honestly norton has basically managed it um and he's not like on dan stevens nobody's on dan stevens nobody's out there doing what dan stevens is doing True. But but he still he still managed. I mean, he's gotten work. He's gotten yeah. plenty of like he did Happy Valley. He did that weird McMafia show that no one mm-hmm. watched. Like he did the numbers. You know, he's gotten he's you had know. stuff. Yeah, I don't and and I, I I think you know honestly like if you're going to try to avoid being typecast for the rest of your life, this is the moment to leave. So and honestly, Grantchester proved when Norton to Brittany worked that this is an ensemble show to the point now where you don't need the same vicar the whole way through. Oh yeah, I mean, no offense to Will Davenport, but I care way more about Leonard than I do any other character on the show. <laughs> I have to say, like one of the things about this season that I really liked was the fact that uh, it felt so much of an ensemble this time, um, partly because I knew Brittany was leaving, but also just because, I don't know, like, we, we got a whole bunch of, la- we got an entire Larry episode with Miss Scott, we got... Yeah, I love the Miss Scott part. I didn't really need Larry in there, but that's fine, I guess. Larry's there. Well, no, but... Larry has been, you know, Larry has been shunted to the side for basically the entire show he's always he's always the sidekick that gets replaced with a vicar like he there's there's been a couple moments where he's like super jealous of the vicar because vicar does his job and he doesn't get to do anything so i actually like the fact that he got like his moment in the sun i just like really do not like his strident homophobia is really what it is that's what's really like i was like oh no i have to protect Leonard at all costs. I, and 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 i understand that but you know what it's also a moment where you sort of have to i mean this is... i know this show does have a really sort of rosy outlook on on gay life in the 1960s mm-hmm. in england yeah i don't think is supported by history <laughs> i support it because i love leonard and desire his happiness above all things in this universe but um 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's it's a little it's a little bit wish casting or or whatever the uh, like whatever the word is that's like wish casting but looking backward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you, and I think that having even if it's like the smaller characters like like Larry, you know, having the 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 stereotypical actual like opinion of um things that we we'd like to forget are are was the prevalent norm um is one of the things the show does that makes it less fantasy in a way and I do like that. I also um I was uh, actually let's go back. <laughs> um, because I, I want to sort of look at this season as a whole before we jump to the Larry episode, which is almost at the end. Um, what I want to say, first of all, is, you know, I've been recapping this show basically since you hired me, which I think was season two. It was really early on. And when I handed when, when I saw, watched the first episode of this season and I thought to myself, you know what? I can't do Ridley and Granchester both. And let's let's ask Lacey if she wants to do Grant Chester. I'd only seen the first episode, and I'm so glad that I did it, because this season, mysteries don't matter at all. Oh my gosh, I was just thinking to remember to say that I have absolutely no idea what, other than the case where um, they try to make it look like the kid killed himself. Like, I have honestly no object permanence about what any of the mysteries even were, and it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Um, I think, actually, probably the perfect one for that, that sort of summed up how the mysteries worked this season was that one at the very end with the kids. Oh, right. I just, I don't, I remember, like, suddenly this kid is, like, confessing to something, and I'm like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> Apparently, I just, like, didn't even catch that it stab someone right and 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 then they realize that actually like no it's it's much more complicated than that but it's also it's also going to be okay like that was very much how i felt these mysteries were they were they were only reflections of what the characters what our main characters are going through and they they in themselves did not matter to the exception of the long con one and that even that one which was well seated and well hidden and well done um yeah. in, but that in, was really just that was also more about will than right? it was about yes. about the the long con of it all yes it was it was about will and it was about Leonard. i really liked that martha lady and i was gonna i was hoping she was to stick around but mm-hmm. nope too bad murderer right that's the other thing is i was like ooh, we've got i honestly thought that you know leonard's got this new halfway house and that this has given us new characters and they've they've joined and we're we're getting an expansion of the ensemble and no actually you totally fooled me and usually i'm pretty good at picking up on that so yeah as i said well done but the reason that i wanted to pick up that i i covered i've covered this show basically since just about the beginning is that i felt this season was probably the Maybe not the best season, but certainly the one that was firing on all cylinders. I think it's the most cohesive for sure. Yes. It really felt like one long story more than an episodic mystery. And I was really, I I really want to commend everybody in the cast and the writing that this, if this is, this is Tom Brittany's final season. This is, this is one to go out on. I'm, I'm really, I'm I'm actually kind of mad that he is going to come back for the premiere. Well, okay. I mean, I get it. I get it. That that's apparently how they've decided that they're going to do their cast changeovers now, which whatever. But I felt like so much of this season was setting up for him to leave. Like that was setting up 
the real struggle he had with his own, you know, guilt and culpability over the accent or accent accident. Um, his, his real, you know, crisis of faith His like, would he be able to stay in this place where this happened and like still get over it? His attempt to, you know, run away. Like, I really, I really felt like it was building to him being like, I can't stay here anymore. And then suddenly, like, everybody's happy again, which was really, like, a little tonally jarring to me. Like, I didn't mind it. I loved the last episode. And I loved that montage at the end. And I loved that Will got to, you know, sort of, um, Tom Brittany is real cute with a baby. Let's just say that. (laughs) Um, Like, I loved that he got those those moments with Jordy and he got to sort of fix things with Leonard. And that was all very satisfying. But it also really felt like he should have left. Um, Two things. One... It was the moment, I think it's at the end of episode five, where they're interviewing that lady in, in and, and she's just confessed to having almost, like, put her husband's wife at risk, basically, to kill the other dude. And Oh, she, right. There's, like, a whole Russian espionage story this season that I have blanked out on completely. It doesn't, again, doesn't matter. It's kind of random. Um, but it doesn't matter because the point of it is for that moment where Will turns to her and says, do you still feel guilty? And she says every single day. Yeah. And and that, to me, was so a, a moment of this is that that was what the mysteries were for. They were so that they were they were Will processing. If that makes any sense. And I, 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 I just, I don't know. This season really, I, I've always really liked Grantchester, but this season really solidified for me just how good it can be. Well, the other thing though, too, is that I feel like, uh, my favorite scene, this won't surprise anyone, is I think it's the second episode and it's where Leonard goes to see Will in jail and he talks about the cities of refuge in the Bible and, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, when I tell you guys that I cried, it's like so, it's so beautiful and so well written and acted. And he's talking about, you know, how God loves us no matter what we do and that no one is, you know, no one is lost, not really. And that there's always a place for us in, in God's kingdom, no matter what we've done. And that God can forgive anything, which is really, you know, a big deal. And, and I feel like, I got like a real moment of, of catharsis for me. And I think for Will too, where he gets to tell that other guy who killed his friend accidentally, you know, that God still loves, that God still loves you and you are not, you know, damned forever. You're, you're not, you're, you're not always going to be defined by this moment and you're, you know, your soul is not going to help. But then I, I don't know. I feel like that moment came maybe a little bit too early because then the rest of the season is Will like not living that out, even <laughs> though he gets that like he gets that real cathartic moment that he all gets again with the kid in the finale. And like it sort of is the same. I don't know. I mean, I guess technically it's not the same thing because it's more like, you know, you're you're OK. You're going to get through this and not like, you know, not like God has not abandoned you. But it's thematically kind of the same, so I don't know. Like I, I felt like I, I felt like there was something, there was something off there. But I love that scene in the second episode so much. It was my favorite over the whole season. I felt like season the ep- second episode. A A Leonard needs to. Uh, I I'm a I, I'm a little sorry the halfway house is going to continue because Leonard needs to just be a priest in jail. Like that's what he needs to do. 
it is so obvious that that is his calling. Like he was great at it when he was in jail, and that scene with Will was a was a was a callback to that season and seeing him get into that, and a reminder of just how good he is at ministering to those in jail. Like that is a really his calling and really his passion in a way that nothing else we've seen is. Um, that being said, I felt like at the end of at the end of the second episode when he's telling when he's saying all of that that he's kind of repeating what Leonard told him but he doesn't believe it and then at the end when he and then at the the, the, in the finale when he says it again this time he believes it um and again like this is I I also feel that because unlike you who watched it week to week I watched it as a binge Mm. um and because I didn't have to recap this time. And so I could see that through line much clearer in Britney's performance. And again, like just the actors firing on all cylinders this season. So good. And the whole thing with Jordy as 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 Will's surrogate dad. Oh my gosh. Him with the other cop in the finale, I like was losing it. It was so good. Where he's like, Oh yeah, you don't have to like they don't have to be your own for you to love them like your own. And I was like, Ugh. And 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 it really it's a reminder a that the 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 and Green is a decade is is a generation older than Tom Brittany. I know it's funny because the show often treats them like you know equals. they're just sort of like equals like mm-hmm. both generationally just like, there's not as much of that like dad vibe. Yeah, um, but I really and I think that's also setting up for the fact that we're going to get another vicar who is another young man while Jordy keeps aging. So that the the the. the he and James Norton were semi close. He and he and Tom Brittany are are a full generation, and him and the new guy are going to be like even further apart. And I think that that's setting that up first of all. But also, um, I just I don't know. Like it really, they they've never been able to truly define why Jordy vibed with Will the way he did with Sydney. And I felt like this finally sort of found the place for them. That this really was Jordy being a, a dad to a lost boy um, in a way that he hadn't been with Sydney. And I really, I don't know. I loved that. I loved the other, I loved the other cop dude. I, the, the Mac, I loved that. I thought he was great. Honestly, I cried my eyes out at episode six. I cried over his, I cried over Leonard and Daniel's breakup. I cried over Leonard and Daniel getting back together. I, <sighs> Freaking hell, I have cried over... My favorite thing (laughs) in the finale is where Leonard literally, like, runs to Daniel's house. (laughs) Because he is not a person who runs, and as someone else who does not run, that really spoke to me. Because if you see me running, you should start running, because something is coming. (laughs) So, like, I felt that on, like, a deep level. I absolutely I I, I and, and then Daniel's just like that's E.E. E. Cummings and Leonard's like does that mean you're breaking up with me I love E.E. E. Cummings by the way that poem is great um, although my favorite is uh I carry your heart with me I carry it in my heart oh, it's beautiful um I it, because okay um real talk we recorded good omens this week too um which is the next episode that we're going to do i cried i know this is really this has really just been like a week of me like being real religious i will try to be not so much in whatever the next episode is but it's just also been a week of me crying over lgbtq breakups 
Like, I feel like I've just, I have had so much LGBTQ romance that I've cried over in the last 72 hours. It's kind of amazing. Um, but I, I also just love that that's where we are in 2023. Just, yeah, just, anyway. Nice. Um, that being said, let's go back to Will and Bonnie and that relationship. Because okay. I, um, you said when we started, see, when we, when we did our, our, initial premiere episode for season eight you said you didn't understand the relationship why the what what it is that that bonnie i mean i think they're cute i still don't necessarily understand it i don't think i think if this season has a weakness um and i say this while also caveating that i feel like it it did find like a lot of space for women and a lot of space for female perspectives that that earlier seasons of this show did not i Mm -hmm. loved the a whole episode about the ladies who protested naked in the in the art yard so i feel like there's a lot of really interesting the show has some interesting things to say about women's roles and women's you know inner lives and and the changing society like kathy gets a promotion like she's gonna go back to work while jordy might have to retire of course jordy doesn't retire duh um man can i just interrupt you real quick sylvia like the whole Sylvia thing of of she no longer has the vicarage to run, she no longer has a job, and she's bored out of her mind, and she doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do with herself. And that, Wait, fi- yeah, pit pit in that because I do actually want to come back to that on a different topic. But anyway, okay. back to back to Bonnie, and I feel like I really liked getting to see her and and Kathy kind of have an actual relationship, like the and their little trio with Mrs. C was great. Mm-hmm. Like I loved all of that. I don't feel like I got enough of Bonnie's interiority like herself. Because a lot of her job this season is like just to be pregnant. Yes. And that And be cranky is, about being pregnant. Yeah, like that's her main arc this season is being pregnant. So I don't feel I feel like somehow after they got married i got even like less of a window into the davenport's marriage than i had in the relationship last year into their relationship last season Mm -hmm. like i still think they're very cute i think she's very good for him i love that she doesn't like take crap from him that's Mm -hmm. great but i also just don't like i think the the interiority for her as a character and the sort of depth of that relationship is not super it's not super present and i think that's unfortunate um, I, I I wonder if that is also because the show doesn't quite know what to do with a vicar when he's married. Maybe. And that, that they they like the idea of the the, the, the the pining hot vicar is much more is much easier for this show to work with than the than the happily settled with with, with family with insta family vicar that they have. I mean, I just felt like Bonnie kept taking a lot of trips out of town. Mm. I, I, I don't disagree with you there at all. Um, it is kind of amazing how much she travels considering how pregnant she is. Um, um, I did, I have to say, um, having seen my own mother try to run a push mower while, while super, super pregnant, um, that moment, I absolutely freaking cackled. I just, like, I get, like, I love that, tri- that sort of triumvirate of, mm-hmm. uh, of Bonnie and Mrs. C and Kathy. Like, I think that's really great. And I think it's really, and I'm sorry, it's going to go when Will leaves. I know. I really think, I really think it adds something nice to the show when it has enough women that the women can have relationships independent of the men in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's awesome. And I think they were, I mean, Yes, would those three women be friends if their husbands and and partners or whoever weren't in the roles they were? Probably not, but like it works out. Yeah, 
you get friends in funny places. And I have to say, I love the fact that Kathy gets promoted. I love the fact that they gave Kathy a job. I love the fact that Jordy at this point has given, has, has, has accepted not only that his wife has a job, but that she is actually kick ass at it and that he could retire and stay home with the kids while she's out there working and 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 supporting them and i think that that is a great place for him to be i love the fact we got there over all of these seasons i still i still stand by that i would have liked to see them i would have liked to see the part where they actually like fix things in their marriage because the show kind of just like skipped over that but i feel like yes they are in a good place right now and i like that i just wish i'd seen how we got there Let's talk a little bit about Mrs. C. Let's go um, because I do think that her arc this season is actually quite interesting, and it's sort of like it happens in the background a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we talk about Mrs. C, can we talk about my new second favorite character, which is Jack? I <gasps> love him. Funny because you know what? so much. You didn't watch the season where she met him and fell in love with him, and he mm-hmm. basically was like, "Stop giving me crap and marry me." Like, you missed that. I love him. I'm sorry. The part where he has his little heart-to-heart with Leonard, where he tries to, like, give him relationship advice, I just, I was, I was just gone. It was so great. And then him passing out cigars to literally, like, everyone he sees in the finale. <laughs> like, I just, he has such, like, peak granddad vibes that yes. I just, I love him so much. He is totally peak granddad. Um, And the thing is, is that... I. You realizing how great a character Jack is this season makes me realize that Nick Bramble really hasn't had a lot to do since he married Sylvia. Like, they haven't used him in a, in that way in quite a while. Um, and I'm... It, I just actually... I think it's so interesting that he's, like, Leonard's sort of emotional support dad. Mm-hmm. Because that does not feel like a like where that character should go do you know what i mean but it totally works and it it comes from how he met because mrs c was sort of leonard's emotional support mom at that time even though he was closeted and 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 jack sort of saw what was happening there and and sort of understood that leonard was closeted and like was sort of the support person within like that co- that stems from how his relationship with Mrs. C developed. And I love the fact that we could have went back to that. That's what I mean, I think, by this season feeling so much more of an ensemble, mm-hmm. that we really got a lot of those characters that have sort of fallen to the background in in the last few years and really gotten to see like what they can do and 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 how and how great they all are together as a family unit. Also, like how rich is Jack? Like is he like rich, rich? Yes, he is rich, rich. Okay, and that was that was Mrs. C's whole thing about not wanting to marry him because she was Mrs. She was Mrs. M at the time because she'd had a different husband who had disappeared on her and like ran away with uh, the 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 Romany, um, but she thought he was dead, and so like she thought she was a a, a widow. And then he accidentally comes back and it's very uncomfortable and then he really dies and then she's really a widow Um, and then she can really marry him. Um, But there was a whole thing where she felt like she couldn't marry him because he was rich and here she is this very religious woman who is pious and poor and is it okay for her to marry a man with money? Like there was a whole there was a whole thing there. Um, So, yes, Jack is extremely rich. (laughs) And and yes, (laughs) I'm just wondering because Leonard just spends his money like water. <laughs> he does, and that's because Jack has money like water, and it's fine. Um, we need one. Uh, there, there's a scene um, 
when right after she marries where right after sylvia and jack get married where uh, kathy has first gotten the job at the department store and she's being basically sexually harassed by her boss and they need to basically trap him and get him in trouble and so mrs c comes in and she basically plays the extremely rich lady and there's this level where she's like, I actually have this money. I'm not picking it. <laughs> um, that happens. That makes it a very delightful scene. And also the fact that they trap the dude and he basically gets a massive amount of trouble and gets fired. Um, because and, and that, too, is also where the Kathy and Mrs. C relationship really sort of solidified that you see here, too, is is them working together to help Kathy back several seasons ago again she's gonna like be her nanny i think oh my god the kids in those matching outfits i died (laughs) i mean she does love to boss people around oh she does she is a good that is such a great can we can we talk about the part where she she tells leonard that daniel's cheating on him because she like hid behind a bush and spotted Oh, man, like that whole thing was so like she doesn't want to tell again. This is that also. I mean, I do think I do think before we get into this, we should mention that it's an incredibly like I think big and important step for her is that she like overhears Leonard talking to Jack about, you know, how he's afraid that she's happy that he broke up with Daniel, that like she doesn't have to, you know, he can he can be gay quietly over there and not like in a relationship like that's how he thinks she feels and she hears this through the doorway and gets like so mad that she's like and so determined to prove him wrong that she like marches over to his ex's house to like fix things we love that for her yeah um i i do think again this is such a growth arc for her um because she like larry was super homophobic when we started this the, the show and and it was the big thing that was sort of sitting between her and Leonard for so long and seeing her grow into a person who would march over to Daniel's house and be like, no, you get back with my son. Um, what are you doing lighting that guy's cigarette? <laughs> um, you know, that that really just, yeah, I, I have to say that that it, it and you see that growth also happening with Larry now, like as each character. Well, it, I mean, I guess I guess bottom level gold stars for him realizing that his boss beating a gay guy in the lobby is wrong good job Holy larry god um can it, actually that is probably to me the one thing that i did i didn't like about this season is the demonization of elliot no it's very cartoonish it's not like i would not i i would not have needed a lot of convincing to believe that he was like not a great person but I don't, I don't know. It was very like, it was very like, give him a mustache so he can twirl it. Right? Like this whole season was, that is probably to me the worst part about it is that they basically turn Elliot into this sort of like cartoon bad guy instead of a nuanced bad guy. Like they can't risk us liking him at all in any way, um, which, or feeling bad for him in any way, which I thought was not a good choice because the thing is, is that there, there was a place where Elliot could be a complicated dude. Yeah. And, and I mean, and, and they started at yeah. the beginning of the season two when he's like raring to throw Will in jail because he like slept with his girlfriend. Yeah, basically, which and, is ew. Yeah, right. Like that was such a. I don't know. Like I think that may have been the weakest part for me. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Because it just felt like so. It. I don't know. I just. I. I at the end, I was like, oh, they're gonna give Jordy his job. 
And that's what all of this was about, was, like, pushing him out so Jordy could get his job. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even that was sort of like a wah-wah. Oh, did you report me? Okay, we're going to have a huge blow-up. Oh, no, I'm being transferred. Boy. Walked out of office. What? <laughs> like, really? That's it? I'm like, dude, you just punched a guy in the middle of, like, the lobby. Right? Like, it was rude. Like, everybody turned away because they were embarrassed for you. Um, anyway, I, yeah. All right, now that, now that we're, like, two-thirds of the way through this episode, we should probably talk about Will's arc in, like, a larger sense. We should. Um, I have to say that, uh, I understand why, A, I understand why you think he should have left at the end of the season. And B, I understand why the show is basically going to do the same pattern they did with Sidney Chambers leaving by having him come back for one or two episodes next season and then leaving and then having a new vicar come in because they want to make that look like a deliberate choice the first time instead of something they sort of were backed into. Um, That being said, I thought that Will's arc was... Brittany was so good in it, mm-hmm. right? And that he really, like, the sheer amount of guilt that he had that he really killed someone and that and that he was, it was like suddenly he identified with every single person who they were convicting. And that, to me, was such a revelation in, I, 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 I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to see Will looking across the table at every single suspect who confesses and seeing himself in them in quite that way the whole season. Um, that's actually, I like that. I like that kind of reading because for me, it was a little, I mean, great. Brittany did an amazing job and I think the show deserves kudos for like really making kind of Will's internal spiral like a, a real season long thing instead of something that was solved in a single episode. I think that's really true to life and stuff. I just thought, I don't know. And maybe this is just like my own expectation setting that I did not do correctly. I, cause you know, this is just where my personal interest lies. I thought we were going to get a lot more of the, like, um, for being a show about, about a vicar and religion and, and having Will mentioned several times that he like can't hear God anymore. There's not like a lot of religion in this arc. Which is very strange to me because I feel like that's a really something that should have been like a really big thing because I've I've said this about other things. I don't know if this is true in the Anglican Church, but the Anglican Church has, you know, roots in Catholicism, but despair is a mortal sin in the Catholic Church. And and basically that means like believing that you are so lost that that God cannot forgive you and that there is no path. You know, there's like, you're just doomed to darkness forever. Like, that's a that's a big deal sin. And I feel like Will is kind of deep in that sort of big, big deal sin for a lot of this season because, you know, he says he can't hear God. We literally like... I felt like that was his ego, we, though. We don't, we don't get a, we don't get a sermon until he's like hyped up on speed. Man, the pill popping. Like, he starts taking, he starts taking drugs. He's like... Oh you know, man, he's, that... he's like totally like the spiral aspect of it is really good. I just wanted it to be, I just wanted it to be more like of the God stuff in there too, because I think that would have been an equally crushing thing for him. And they kind of like mention it a little in the background about like, you know, when he's very sort of just exasperated and tired about the fact that he hasn't been able to hear God in so long, but I feel like that shouldn't have really been a background thing. 
<laughs> I would 100% agree with you there. Um, I do think that uh, one of the things about Will's um, feelings of 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 that he can't he he can never be forgiven. He's done the worst thing in the world, and he can never be forgiven. Almost also felt egotistical to me. Mm. Like, oh, you're the one person God can forgive. Okay. Right? Yeah. I alone who am a vicar and have committed a sin am now condemned. And God God thinks I am the... Le- Dude, really? I, I mean, I don't know. God's seen like a whole lot of people before you. And he's going to see a whole lot of people after you. And I sort of feel like maybe there's some people who are worse than you out there that have like run by him in the time he's been out there. You know, like I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, so I don't know. There was a, there was a piece of that to me. And maybe it's because the Christianity part to me always feels a little alien, feels a little like watching something through a window that, that it was, it, that felt very ego driven to me mm-hmm. more than it did. Um, well, I do think that is a, is not an incorrect observation because at its heart, despair is a sin of pride. Hmm. Because, you know, like I've done something so terrible. God can't possibly forgive me. Yeah. Like, and and that goes against like I, I mean Leonard says it in the second episode in the story about the cities of refuge that like God can forgive anything. You I mean, it doesn't absolve you. Like that's a whole nother conversation. But like you're never so far from you're never so far from God that you can't you know, that you're truly lost. Hmm. No, I I I Again, Leonard, such so came in on the clutch this season. I know. I really, so I, I, I think if there was one thing I would have wanted more on in this ensemble, it was Leonard, especially in the episode where he, where, where his housekeeper, um, the the whole Martha thing happened. Oh, do you want to know why he's not? He directed that episode. Al Weaver directed that episode. Oh. Oh, that just makes so much more sense now. Yeah, yeah. That's why. That's why he's so absent from it is because he's directing it, <laughs> which is not like an in narrative reason, but it is an explanation. And also, it. Damn. <laughs> I know triple threat over here, right? Like, um, I mean, you know, one of the. I'm sorry, this is going to be like totally random, but when I realized that 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 um, I'm going to call him Riker. Was the one directing all the Jonathan really great... Frakes. Thank you, Jonathan Frakes. Was the one directing all the best Star Trek episodes in Next Generation. Um, oh, yeah. He directed a lot of the Picard episodes, and he's mm-hmm. done a couple of Strange New Worlds as well. Yeah, like, he he really is, like, that really is... Some, I, 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 I really wonder, you know, does that... Um, Al Weaver as director, like I don't, I I don't see that as a bad thing because that was a great episode. It was a great episode, but it does explain why Leonard is not more part of it because it's like impossible for him to be in two places at once. Well, yes, that that makes so much more sense. Um, I think I actually did know he directed this season, but I don't think I realized it was that one. Um, I think I just knew that because like Masterpiece has a has a little behind the scenes video up that I keep like seeing and not playing as I uh, as I work um, as I run through YouTube at, on, on a regular basis um, because it, it hasn't really fit any of our posts. Um, but yeah, I am. Um, I OK, that makes more sense now. Um, that being said, I mean, if there's anyone in this ensemble who I felt maybe could have used more, it would be Leonard. Um, especially because he and Daniel and their breakup and their getting back together was so important to this season as much as Will and Bonnie 
And maybe even more so because we know Will and Bonnie are out in like two episodes at most. And mm -hmm. Leonard and Daniel are forever. Well, or at least for a while. They better be. <laughs> at least they're next. They're here for all six episodes next season. And that's that that's good. Um, at least I think so. I'm I actually really um I've really enjoyed that they have given the I I feel I would I would love to watch more of this, but I feel like they have a real like kind of depth and shading to their relationship this season that's interesting. I mm -hmm. love the scene where um where Daniel finally gets mad. Where where he's like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely not supporting you while I'm repeatedly running your businesses that you create and abandon and like mm -hmm. <laughs> getting harassed by the cops and yeah, definitely. I'm not supportive. Like, I love, I love that for him because, like, sometimes it feels a little bit like Daniel doesn't have a lot of a spine, but apparently he does have a spine. It's just very quiet. Yeah. Um. I mean, he's so. It, the thing is that he's so quietly supportive that it's uh, and, and what was it you said that some people have to be like the the oh the yeah somebody has to be. I think this is true in a lot of relationships is that you have two somebody has to be the star in the relationship. Like usually somebody usually two people who are very and I'm going to say high maintenance because that's kind of what I mean, but it's, I don't mean it as derogatorily as that sounds like someone is a little more like, you know, has more drama or is high strung or, you know, whatever left or is the bigger personality in a group. Maybe bigger personality is better than, than what I said before, but like, mm. you know, and they need somebody that, and, and like somebody's job is to be the rock while the other person falls apart. Because when you have like two people who are falling apart at the same time, like, that's yeah, not, there's no rock, and there's no two function. people who are hanging out rock, uh, as rocks really have nothing to. They're just they're just being rocked. I mean, I can, a lot of relationships are like that. It is sort of it becomes like a symbiotic thing. Yeah, and I, I definitely think in this one, Daniel is the rock, and 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 Leonard is the drama. Yeah, um, I, I did love Leonard. Like, I'll stay home and I won't get in trouble anymore. And I'm like lies, lies. He meant it in the moment. <laughs> I know, but you know it's lies. All right, so um. We should wrap this up, though, with what do you want from season nine? Because um, we are, of course, going to get our new our, our new uh, vicar, Alfie Cotterdam, played by uh, Rishi Nair, um, who uh, we've seen him. In, we've seen Nair in other things. I know we have. Um, he He's one of those guys who's like he's one of those like guest stars that you see like all the time. Um who just uh he was in Whistable Pearl he was in Whistable Pearl um oh, as an yeah, actual yeah, yeah. like like a regular character but he's also one of those people who just he shows up as as the the guest of the week in like Endeavor and Vera and all of those other shows um and I just I, I, I what do you want from a new vicar I guess is my first question I don't know I don't feel like Will has been a particularly active or good vicar the past like season <laughs> <laughs> So, um, maybe some more vickering. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, I think that, um, I think that one of the best things about the show, and usually this gets shown through Leonard, but I don't think it has to, is that it's a show about a guy who is a vicar that is really about all the different ways there are to minister to people. And that doesn't have to be through the pulpit. It doesn't even have to be through the church. You can be like, uh, you can be a, a light 
in wherever you are. It's like bloom where you're planted, basically. And I think that that is one of the show's great strengths. I think we see it in Leonard a lot, like, and and his repeated discoveries of finding new ways to serve God that don't involve him being in the church. Um, I wouldn't mind a little more church because I like it, but I don't know that it's strictly necessary. I do miss the sermons. We didn't really didn't get many this year. And <laughs> the one we got was, was Will hopped up on drugs and being really like brimstone-y. Honestly, that felt like a parody of some of the ones from like earlier seasons. I mean, honestly, I was cackling at it and I probably shouldn't have been. Um, but I did I I, I, I know I, Will on drugs is not Will is not fun on drugs. Nope, he is not. Um the thing about Cotterdam, um, first of all, is that this is the first time we're gonna have a South Asian lead on the show, mm. which I think is I, I think is great. Um I I I think that that on its own is a whole different like thing for all of our characters to deal with because as you may remember we had henry a couple seasons ago who was um uh i forget where he was from but he was basically uh, uh, uh not jamaica but he was from like he was from like haiti or somewhere like around here and and he was one of those who'd, who'd come over um as the windrush generation and become a, a become a vicar and you know mrs c was massively racist to him like painfully and and I feel like we're going to get a whole lot of that, um, that that where we have these characters who we love and who we want the best for and who we want not to misbehave, misbehaving. I think that we're going to get that next season. And I'm not looking forward to it exactly, but I would like it does give our characters a new place to grow, mm-hmm. which I like. Um, I also, you know, the the synopsis for next season that, that they've given us is that uh, Cotterdam has an instinctive distrust for authority and no desire to get in murder, get involved in murder investigations. Wow, is he on the wrong show? <laughs> um, now, obviously, I think the instinctive distrust for authority comes from the fact that he has had very bad experiences with the police and so have many South Asians um in the 1950s and 1960s and today even um so i think that that's another really interesting aspect that this show is going to have to deal with and that i hope it deals with in an honest way even though it will we know eventually it will have a happy ending because this is the show about the cop and the vicar who solve crimes so clearly cotterdam is going to figure out that actually murder's pretty cool and so is jordy um <laughs> i i just i don't know like i i I'm really looking forward to seeing this show um, re- be reborn again, I guess. Um, I, every time you get a new lead like this, it's kind of like a soft reboot. It's a chance for the show to come. I, at it. I would actually disagree with that because I think I think that the show has put in the work to sort of really uh, make the community the thing that's the through line. So I think this is just another sort of evolution of the larger community i don't think that i i I think that's one of its more realistic aspects because i don't think it'll feel like an entirely new show no but it will be a new leading pair and it will have a new it will be a new perspective and i think it's going to bring in i I want it to bring a new i think what i really want from season nine is a new is to see cotterdam come in with this new dimension Mm -hmm. um to the community and to the story and to the world of grantchester because one thing we really never have had is the perspective of someone who is, you know, of color in 
the in the UK in I guess it's 1961 now um, because they go year by year the same way that like Call the Midwife does and and Endeavor and all that. Um, but still, like it's still like only 1961 here, right? Like there there's a lot. Um, and I feel like this is something where we will really, I I feel like being, getting to see the world of Grantchester through these new eyes is going to be something that I'm actually very much looking forward to. And I'm very much looking forward to the mysteries not really mattering in the same way again, (laughs) which says a lot for me as I am the mystery person. All I want from season nine is Leonard's happiness. That's it. I, I I I I I can't argue with that either. I love Leonard. Um, I'm I I I I'm I guess I'm glad that he and Daniel are going to continue to run this halfway house, even though I was sort of prepared for Leonard to move on from that and maybe start ministering in jail again. But I can just maybe we, maybe we can just get him ministering more at the halfway house. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think one of the big themes of the show is that there are just there are many ways and places to serve god and it does not have to look the way you know you think it's supposed to look which i think is a real you know it's a real truth and i think it's a real uh big part of the show's message that leonard often embodies anyway um so yeah that's i guess that's grantchester season eight um i honestly i i'm i'm glad i gave it to you to cover because i think you covered it better than i could have um, but I'm also sorry I gave it up because I had to cover Ridley instead. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys if you wanted straight explanations of what's happening instead of just like a thousand words would be like having feelings, but that's what you get. Honestly though, no, I think to have fo- focused on the mystery this season would have been to miss the point. And you got the point every single time, and that's why I think you Aww. you were the right person to do it this time. Meanwhile, I suffered through Ridley and uh, will um... probably have to suffer through Ridley again next year. I didn't finish Rid. I didn't finish Ridley, and I have no regrets. Uh, I, I, you know, I mentioned this a little bit on our Di Ray episode too. Um, you know, guys, I, 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 I hopefully the show will improve. <laughs> but you know, when you have, when when you keep going back to the pedophile, well, I, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> wow! And on that note. <laughs> What a way to end our episode on Grantchester, which had no pedophiles at all this season, for the record. I, I uh. just, you know what? I, I, that's the other thing. I think Ridley was so ill served at A, having its episodes cut in half each week, and B, being followed by Grantchester, which was so much better. Like, I think it also just, like, if it had been like that and D.I. Ray, which also has a lot of growth to do, and another show where, ha- where, where, where it's still developing, like, it wouldn't have felt quite so underbaked because Grantchester is fully baked and here for and here to service cake I'm just gonna let that metaphor sit and say that that is our episode and we will see you guys back for season nine in 2024 yes at some point um, filming now oh uh, I don't well it's British I guess I don't know the strike rules are just confusing. oh no that's okay you okay uh, real quick, UK equity, because of the decade plus of Tory rule, UK equity has these intense rules to follow because technically SAG's strike is illegal under UK law, under the Tory UK law. So UK equity cannot strike 
um, with any, cannot strike with them, cannot do anything that is seen as supporting them. Like they can do like outside things to support them, but they can't actually interfere with production in any way, which is why House of the Dragon is still filming and why Lord of the Rings finished filming because those are under UK equity, not SAG. Okay. And after that lesson, just tell people where they can find you. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. And if you want more of me ranting on about the strike and SAG and UK equity and WGA and all that other stuff, you can follow me on... Uh, oh, crap. I I deleted my Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, you did? Well, well, I didn't delete my account. I just deleted it off my phone because that X showed up and it was like... I looked at the app and I was like, ew, it's like a porn app. Ew, no. And I like xed it out and made it go away um but so i haven't been posting on twitter but since i am posting basically everywhere else um uh blue sky macedon spill etc 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 anyway um at any bundle just google it um also at any bundle at instagram um where there's pictures of my very fuzzy cats and their very fuzzy bellies um and i'm the associate editor here, here at televisions and i also freelance around the web places like i don't know uh primetime or nbc msnbc uh cnn etc um if you want to know what i wrote today just i don't know go follow me somewhere huzzah i am lacy mb on twitter on blue sky on threads whatever that's doing and pretty much any other social media you can think of because i at least always claim my username if you just want the site and the pod we are on social at telly underscore visions on twitter and television's blog all one word on facebook if you like what we do you can visit us at televisions.org and check out all of our recaps reviews listicles news updates whatever we're having feelings about and get more episodes of this podcast while you're there uh, if you really like what we do, there's a big old donate button up top that you can click on to help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears, and maybe even get access to PBS Passport in the process, which has a whole bunch of exclusive and early binge opportunities for a variety of things. A lot of PBS Passport members probably finished Grantchester before I was even done recapping it. And... Yeah, is that everything I'm supposed to list in my ending spiel? Probably. Uh, it is deep into summertime here on the east coast it is hot it is gross i am sweating in the closet make sure that you are hydrating and staying in the shade and generously applying sunscreen if you make the mistake of leaving your home which <laughs> i don't endorse uh, <laughs> as always we are in full solidarity with the writers and actors who are striking for fair contracts and better pay we love all this content that they make for us they should be paid fairly for doing it please wrap these strikes up people in power because i am really getting concerned about the lack of content coming towards us and how many classics we're gonna have to revisit so get it together that is our show thanks you guys as always for being here with us we appreciate you so much and we'll see you next week